You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident panelist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore dead Well, there's, um, I would say, entirely too much going on right now to even fully, adequately keep up to date with everything. And in a weird way, I'm kind of glad that the trade hasn't gone through, so I can at least take 24 hours um, to kind of do a little bit of a roundup here. But I'm going to do my best. It's all kind of a convoluted mess, but I suppose we should start where we left off yesterday and um, go through the the rest of the Pat McAfee show interview. Um, I, man, I really don't know the best way to do this because we still have kind of a lot left, but I think the best way for now is to just get started. Um, there's a lot to parse through, and I think we might have a long time to do it. So let's just continue where we left off. I think we just cleared up there. Now let's talk about the future a little bit here. You sent a list of demands. Need you to sign Lazard. Yep. You need to sign Randall Cobb. Yeah. I want Jordy Nelson out of the yep. ranch mm-hmm. and in New Jersey. Black. I want him on there. Did that all happen? Or, you know, Hackett is the new offense coordinator. Has had success with all those guys as well. Uh, whenever it's in Green Bay. But you were getting a lot of the, oh, this must be, because you just alluded to it too there. They told you you're not bringing that back your guys. How much of that conversation has taken place, and how do you feel about the narrative that you have a laundry list before you can do anything? Well, it's so ridiculous. Hey, that's yeah. happening, though. Like, you need to oh, know. Yeah. You need to know that. I know you like you're in your house. Whales are probably out there mm-hmm. birthing and stuff yep. out in Malibu. You're working out, doing your thing. This is a real conversation that's happening. I, we don't understand it either, pal, honestly. Well, until now, we did not have a clue what was happening. Mm-hmm. But you get it after all that. You get it. Just ask, ask Schefter what I text him when he somehow got my number and texted me. You know, I didn't respond to Diana Rossini, I think her name is. Yes, like, Diana. Great work. Well. But, like, I would say the same thing that I told Sheffy. Sheffy, lose my number. Nice try. I'll speak for myself. I'm sure there'll be people that, that, you know, have their sources. But, you know, from what I've seen, it's like I had a sheet of paper when I met with the Jets and I said, uh, sign these people. 
And that's not the reality. That's okay. so ridiculous. All right, that it's sounds just, good. It's so stupid yeah. to think that I would do it number one. Now, did they ask me about certain guys that I'd play with? Them? So let's let's pause here. Because, again, th- this is this is kind of the annoying thing. Rodgers does it, the Packers do it, the Jets do it. They There's a lot of room for interpretation, and a lot of times we don't really do that. Right, So we'll look at this and say, Rogers said he had nothing to do with this at all. This is all just completely made up. It's not really what he said. And he's going to add a little bit of context here. But the question is, wherein, from one extreme to the other extreme, do we slide somewhere in the middle? Or do we just say Diana's full of garbage or Rogers is full of garbage or is it somewhere in between? So to be clear, Diana Rossini tweeted out, Aaron Rodgers has provided the Jets with a wish list of free agents he would like them to target. Now, again, we're, we're getting into the nitty-gritty of exact words. Rodgers said what he did not do was say, you must sign all of these players. Diana didn't really say that. She said he provided a list of free agents that he would like them to acquire. And the list included Randall Cobb, Alan Lazard, Mercedes Lewis, and Odell Beckham. Now, her tweet could range... Anywhere from a list of demands, which is what people called it, although that's not what she said, all the way to, have you considered these people? And again, to be unbelievably clear, Rogers did not specifically deny that, the fact that it's possible that maybe he brought up some people. Otherwise, again, somebody just flat out lied to Rossini, which is possible, because there's, I, th- I think there's so much PR work being done by Rodgers, by the Jets, and by the Packers, that that's why you're just seeing this entire explosion of ridiculous nonsense. That's why there's an actual freaking physical civil war battle taking place in the in the realms of social media and a battle going on in, in the uh, media landscape about who has the leverage. Now, clearly it's the Packers. It's not really even debatable. But the Jets are pushing out so much stuff. They're trying so desperately to get their message out that they have all the leverage. They're losing that war, but they're trying. And that's why you see a report one minute says this, the next time it says this. It's all ridiculous. But again, it's all about a question of what actually is going on. If this whole thing is fake, which Rogers didn't necessarily deny exactly what the tweet said, he said he did not provide a list of demands. He said, I didn't say... Here's a piece of paper. I want all of these people signed. That's ridiculous. Well, she didn't say he said that. But anyways, let's continue on with his further clarification. Of course. Did I talk glowingly about teammates that I love? Yeah. Why wouldn't you? you talk about the guy you well, I mean, like, don't actually know. Like, like, yeah. Do I love those guys in the list? Of course. You know, it's funny. There's... <laughs> I was watching a movie with my kids. Uh, what the heck is a movie called? You know how your kids, they kind of, they latch on to this one movie? There's a there's a scene in the movie. It's about animals. The, the whole thing is like, don't judge people or whatever. That's the the underarching message. But it's a rabbit that that becomes a police officer, which is supposed to be impossible or whatever. And the predators and, and the prey or whatever, the rabbits and all that, they all live in perfect harmony. But there was a time back in the day when obviously predators uh, attacked prey or whatever. Well, now you're starting to see these predators going wild and attacking people. Anyways, they end up catching the bad guy or whatever, and the fox friend is talking to the rabbit, and the rabbit has to do a press conference about all this stuff because she's a cop and she found the bad guy. And the fox is like, look, 
If anybody asks you a question that you don't want to answer, it's real simple. You just ask yourself a really simple question and answer that. Oh, it's called Zootopia. Check this out. It's freaking hilarious. Mm. I'm so nervous. Okay, press conference 101. You want to look smart, answer their question with your own question, and then answer that question. Like this. Excuse me, Officer Hobbs. Uh, what can you tell us about the case? Well, was this a tough case? Yes. Yes, it was. DC. You should be up there with me. We did this together. Well, am I a cop? No. No, I am not. No. Did they ask me about certain guys that I played with over the years? Of course. Did I talk glowingly about teammates that I love? Yeah. Press conference 101. <laughs> Anyways, it, it's just, it just kind of funny to me. Again, I, I'm guessing he's telling the truth when he says he did not have a list of demands. But I have a feeling that there were discussions that were had that were more innocent than Rogers simply going about his business and them calling up and being like, can you... We're, we're contemplating signing Mercedes Lewis, Randall Cobb, and Alan Lazard. Can you give us some insights on your thought? And he says, gee, they're really great guys. Okay, thank you. And then they go on to sign Alan Lazard. Maybe that's what happened, but I tend to think it's not. It's like a high school kid posting on social media. Like, gee, it sure would be cool to have a brand new Mustang. And then he ends up playing quarterback for Alabama, and he's driving around in a brand new Mustang. And it's like, did you demand that from Alabama in order to play here? And he goes, I didn't demand anything. Now, did I say I would like a Mustang? Yeah, yeah, I did. Did Alabama, you know, mention that they happen to have a Mustang that I could use? Yeah, yeah, they did. Now, is that the sole reason I went to Alabama? No, no, it's not. Like we're skirting around the very obvious reality that they bribed me with a Mustang. That's very obviously what happened. (laughs) But anyways, Rogers says there was not a list of demands, and Rossini says she was informed that Rogers had suggested a few players that they could sign. I don't see those two things as conflicting, to be completely honest, but whatever. We'll leave it at that. Like, no. like yeah, do I love those guys on the list? Of course. He's still going. Do I make demands about certain people? I mean, it's just, and it goes to this, like, you know, it, the, people want these things to be so true. They're like, I'm in this meeting, you know, you know, dressed in, you know, ceremony regalia, giving them some sort of like no shoes. handwritten on parchment uh, demand list of people they need to sign. Like, listen, I think objectively, a lot of people can look at Alan Lazard and go, he's a really good player. Objectively, that's false. <laughs> um. But, I mean, hey, there, there is a 1-32 in 32 chance that he ended up on the Jets, right? Assuming he's not going to go as a free agent. So, roll the freaking dice. Take a, take a 32-sided die, die, I guess. Roll it. Happens to be Jets. What's the big deal? I mean, Hackett's there. Hackett, you know, likes him and stuff. I mean, he didn't want him when he was in Denver, but he wasn't a free agent then, I guess. So, uh, yeah. That's all. No big deal. I mean, is, 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 is it a coincidence that Rossini says that there's a list of demands and then shortly thereafter, one of the people on that list gets signed by the Jets? Yeah. Yeah, it is a coincidence. But that doesn't mean, uh, it doesn't mean anything. We would love to have him on our team. And then anybody with a brain would maybe call me on any team and go, hey, what kind of uh, you know, locker room guy is Alan Lazard? Uh, what's his work ethic like? And I'd say... He's a fucking great dude. Oh. You know? Yeah, I gotta, gotta go ahead and bleep that out. Dude, 
you'd, anybody would be lucky to have him in the locker room. Yeah. And if somebody asked me about Big Dog, yeah, or uh, Kabi, or I don't even know what else is on that list, I'd say the same thing. George, what list? <laughs> if they ask you about any people on what list, I thought there was no list. <laughs> Oh, it's fine. We get it, Rogers. We get it. We understand. By the way, as I said before, I hope there is a list. And I hope they sign everybody on that list. Because then it just... For every player that gets signed, we get another pick. Doesn't have to be a first. Could be a second, third, fourth. I don't know. But if they sign Mercedes Lewis, we get a pick. Not because it's like a trade, because we don't own him, but because the leverage goes in our favor that much more. Because you're that much more screwed if you don't sign Rogers. So... I hope that it. I hope that there is a list, and uh, I hope that uh, you know they sign them all. In fact, I hope that they just become Packers 2.0, and the only thing missing is oh, I don't know, quarterback Aaron Rodgers. Odell. Oh, Odell. 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 Yeah. I mean, first of all, who wouldn't want to have Odell on their team? I mean, <laughs> you know, I mean, come on, uh, who wouldn't? So yeah, I mean, did I advocate for him? Who wouldn't? Did I advocate for Lazard? Yeah. Yeah, I did. Did I tell them that Mercedes would be great for their team? Yeah. That doesn't mean I was in regalia, right? Doesn't mean I was in uh, farfalle, which I think is pasta. It doesn't, it doesn't mean that. There was no ceremony. What are you guys talking about? I'm so glad Rogers is dismissing all the questions that nobody had. <laughs> so there was no ceremony. It's so funny. Like, you look at his face, too, and he just... I'm sorry. He just looks like he's lying. He's got that, like... (laughs) I mean, yeah. So, I mean, who wouldn't advocate for Odell Beckham, right? Big Dog? I mean... (laughs) Yeah. I mean, did did I? Yeah. I mean, but... uh, Come on. There was no regalia. I wasn't in sandals in the sand chanting. I mean, okay, I was chanting, but, like... Not in a, uh, not in a robe. Well, not in a blue robe, at least. So, stupid. Diana Rossini or whatever her name is. She can lose my number two. Liar. Liar idiot. Like, Agreed. Yeah, he'd be cool. Like, yeah. What are we talking about here? I don't have demands. What are we, what are we talking about? Like, no. My only demand is for transparency. And, I, and, and if you say some bullshit, like... Dang it, Rogers. Watch your mouth. You know, there's sometimes it's not even worth it. But but like I said, you know, I can't remember exactly what the something that uh, Rappaport said or something. Yes. But like, ay, ay, ay. When something gets gets. He's getting riled up, man. The editing is getting a little intense out there and then assumed to be true. Then it can take on a life of its own. That's true. It can go from, oh, there was a conversation about. We saw that when all the fake thing, when the speculation was out there. Right when when Rogers went into his darkness retreat, and people are like, "If it was up to me, I would uh, trade Aaron Rodgers." And they're like, "Schefter said they're going to trade Rodgers." And then I said, "No, that's not what he said." And then everyone's like, "You hate the media. You're an idiot." And it's like, "Okay, well, this is not a fun conversation." Twenty different players to, oh, he wants you know these guys to be signed, otherwise he doesn't want to come. It's like, come on, what are we talking about? Yeah, it's all in the delivery. No, he would have come either way. It was just a suggestion. 
free of the information because that kind of sets it, you know? And that happens multiple times during the day on the internet with every piece of information. Somebody. To be clear, I'm having fun. I don't know what actually happened. Maybe there was no even suggestion. Maybe there was nothing. I'm just trying to be very, very specific in our language because that's where we've come to. Because everything is so silly and nothing makes any sense. And I realize how manipulative all of these parties involved can be. And they're extremely specific in their language. Uh, Mark Murphy excluded in this. But <laughs> I think Gutekunst and, and Lafleur and the Jets guys and Rogers, everybody's very, 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 very careful in the exact language that they use. And as a result, if we're going to dissect it, we have to do it with a very, very, very fine-tooth comb which I don't think anybody wants to do. Everybody's just going in with freaking sledgehammers. Like, oh my God, right? Because that's the thing. Everybody is saying it's a list of demands. Rossini didn't say that. Rogers also didn't necessarily deny that he suggested it. He denied that he had demands. You see what I'm saying? Fine tooth comb compared to sledgehammer. It's all true. It's none, none of it's true. It's all true. And it's like, come on guys, let's slow down a little bit. Let's, let's have some fun and, and, and weave in and out of these things. All right. Let's not just, bull in a china shop every little thing that comes out he has their take on it and they're covering it right so they can say they cover everything but they are certainly putting their how well, it's a game of tel it's a game of telephone then it becomes this yeah. whole thing you know it's which by the way is i think part of the way rogers gets his information he's he's not talking to brian gutekunst he's making decisions and i i'm turning a lot on aaron Rodgers right now but he's the one right in front of me he's right about this the Packers get some information through the game of the telephone, so do the Jets, and so is Rodgers. Rodgers did not get the information that he used to go from 90% I'm going to retire to 100% I'm going to go play for the Jets. It was not information that he got from Brian Gutekunst. It was information he heard from somebody else, from a third party. And that third party didn't hear directly from Brian Gutekunst. They heard some. Now, maybe the information is good enough by the time it gets there, but the point is, it's not good information. It's got a lot of feedback on it. And I think... The best thing to do would have been to go talk to Brian Gutekunst and say, listen, this is what I'm hearing. What the heck is going on? And then to have that conversation. Again, Rodgers wants clear communication. I think he's right. I think the Packers should be grownups and talk to him like a man. But I also think Rodgers should also have that ability to be man enough to say, listen, I'm hearing all this bull crap through the grapevine. I shouldn't have to hear this through the grapevine. I want to have a very real candid conversation about what's going on. I heard this, 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 this. What the heck is going on? Right? I'm hearing... Lafleur is saying this, Gutekunst is saying this, whatever. But I don't think anybody wants to have the grown-up conversations. I think everybody's in their own camps, everybody's relying on their sources, and they're relying on their things, and we can see how good sources are. So he's right about the telephone thing. But I think he's just removing himself from that as though he's not really participating in it, and he is. I mean, he trusts his inner circle, right? He trusts his guys that he talks to. He thinks he's getting very pure information, but I don't think he necessarily is. Like then I'm presented in, it. you know, in a in a black folder, you know, with specific, to, you know, Helvetica, you know, font. That, oh come you on, that's my favorite font. Here we go. Helvetica papyrus is a good one too. Yeah. Did he swear again? Come on, man. Why you gotta swear about fonts, Rogers, dude? It's Helvetica. Calm down. Anyways, we don't need to hear them debate fonts. We don't have to play this whole thing, I guess. But I will say, I'm surprised to find out how many people have favorite fonts, and I will work very hard to get my own favorite. By the way, I want to play this. Not that it super matters uh, in terms of, I don't know, anything, but I've been talking a lot about leverage, and I've had some Jets p people jumping up and jumping down my throat about, uh, you know, 
No, the Jets never promised anything. They never said he was coming. There's nothing guaranteed yet. BS. Everybody's 100% expecting it. Here is, this is five seconds after Aaron Rodgers says he chose to go to the Jets. Ready? Potentially brewing. Yeah, as a Patriots fan, I got to say, you know, thanks a lot, Mark Murphy. You kind of f***ed us, okay? You know, the guy was going to retire, now he's going to be a Jet. Really a Wait, wait, wait. He was going to retire. Now he's what? He's going to be a Jet? Who, sa- who said that? No, there's, there's, there's no expectations. There's, there's no guarantees, right? Isn't that right? Appreciate that. With that being said, you know, welcome to the AFC East. Whoa, 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 whoa. He's not, he was, he's not in the AFC East? Who said that? Who said he's in the AFC? I don't understand. I don't know. Whoa, 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 whoa. What are you talking about expectations? There's no expectations. <laughs> what, are you, what are you talking <laughs> Packers have no leverage. <laughs> Bro, it's done. It's done. Everybody knows it. Go find a program on the air right now that's saying maybe he won't go there. Nobody's saying that. The only conversations, what will the Packers be with Jordan Love? What will the Jets be with Aaron Rodgers? Those are the conversations. There is no backing out. It's done. And the Packers know that. Do you understand how massive this would be if the Jets walked away from the table? It would be bigger news than when Rodgers said he's going to the Jets because that's been expected. Everybody saw this coming. Everybody kind of knew it. It was, you know, he's not going to be a Packer. Maybe, but he, but, but the point, we've had so much time to prepare for this. Nobody's even contemplating the possibility that maybe the Jets walk away from the table. Nobody is doing that. And as much as they can try to spin it and say, no, 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 this, this is the Packers being unreasonable. You're a bunch of idiots. Go ahead and do that. But you think Jets fans are going to do that? How could you not? How could you not? How could you lose? You know how devastating that would be? All the party and the... What about your team in general? Forget the fans. You've got players right now that are excited. They think they're going to the Super Bowl. And you're not going to pull the trigger on Aaron Rodgers? What is that going to do to your locker room when they find out Zach Wilson's your quarterback again? And he will be your quarterback. What is that going to do? Packers don't have leverage. Good Lord. Continuing. Uh, Aaron, you might have heard Joe Namath come out and say, hey, if Aaron comes to New York, he can wear the number 12. When you're- whoa, whoa, whoa. Joe Namath gave him his number? What? Joe Namath said it would be okay if Aaron Rodgers wore his number. Yeah, no, no. There's this is it's fine if the Jets walk away. No big deal. Picturing it in your head. Are you taking that twelve from the rafters, putting it on your chest, or just for all these jersey swaps? Should we maybe put on like a two? Maybe you're wearing number one. What are we thinking? There? Oh, maybe a zero. That might get passed. So this is the part where Roger says, "Whoa, whoa, 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 whoa." Listen, first of all, I'm not a Jet, and I'm not in the AFC East, and um, you know none of that. I, so I don't know where that's coming from. <laughs> Listen, that's it. That's a great question, Connor. With respect to the uh, emotions, um, I think there'll be time for all those conversations down the road. And today was about uh, talking about the the past and the love I have for the team and then giving an update on what's going on today. So that's a great question. I've seen... And I'm not in... I'm not... Nothing's final yet. What Joe said, um, there'll be time to talk about that down the road. Thanks, Connor. Yeah, well, so there'll be time to talk about what? You, you're going to talk about whether or not you want to wear 12 in the future? Like that's, you're going to have that conversation? Why? 
Because you're not a jet or because you're going to be a jet or I'm confused. It's done. It's done. They don't have a choice. Now, listen, I I can't sit here and tell you what that means. Because, again, this is coming from the guy who says, I wouldn't take them for free. With the contract, I wouldn't take them. I wouldn't do it. Because I want to build a franchise. I want to start from the bottom and I want to build it all the way up. I want to build a team that's going to be in a, a freaking dynasty for 10, 15 years. I'm not worried about one freaking year. That's not interesting to me. So I wouldn't do it. So, I mean, if they offered us a fourth round pick, I'd think that we robbed them. But the fact of the matter is, it sounds like the Packers are taking a little bit more of a hard line. So we'll see what that means. I'm not sitting here trying to promise you anything. So if we don't get four first round picks, don't come screaming at me that you didn't get what it sounded like I was saying, because I'm not saying anything other than whatever the the ceiling is for what the Packers could get for Rodgers. That's where the negotiations are. I don't know where that is, but I have a feeling it's going to be higher than I expected. That's all I know. Anyways, just kind of fast-forwarding through some stuff. I mean, he he talked a lot about his appreciation for the Packers, for Lambeau, for his experience there and all that stuff. Um, then there was the, the next question that was asked, were they in any other teams? He hinted strongly toward the Raiders, although it sounded like he was mostly just saying that Devontae was lobbying for him. I don't know that that meant that there was any real... Uh, desire by the Raiders but anyways we somehow get to this point I don't exactly know how but I just it's it's relevant like I said it was it was leaning definitely towards retirement um that's what I felt like when the clock hit zero uh, at Lambeau that's why I wanted to walk off with Randall Cobb um that's just kind of what it felt like oh that was cool Ben that's a really cool Mm -hmm. moment who's calling Um, you who's calling you so again just to be clear not only did he come out of the darkness 90% wanting to retire he left that game wanting to retire right when he had his arm wrapped around Randall Cobb and all that stuff in his mind it was retire he had time to process it it was retire this entire process it was retire so again just to dismiss any idea that he was ever going to come back as a Packer that was never really a thing just just so we're all on the same page here because that's what we kind of left off talking about yesterday This has always really been about retirement. And according to Rodgers, very similar to his whole MVP thing, according to him, he was not playing super well. We drafted Jordan. He won two MVPs. And then he's pretty sure he's going to retire, 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 retire. 90%, I think I'm going to retire. Then he starts hearing rumors about what people are saying about him in the organization. And hears that they're talking about possibly trading him. And he said, you know what? At this moment, according to Rodgers, it was at that moment he decided he also wanted to be a Jet. You want me to be a Jet? Then I want to be a Jet. And I'm going to go over there and I'm going to show you. Just to be very, very clear, coming back to the Packers was never a consideration by Aaron Rodgers. Anyways, I think that's about it. Um, there's nothing super massively important involved in there. AJ Hawk did try to push him on. Are you going to go uh, to OTAs with the young guys and throw to those guys? And he kind of dodged the question on that. That's when he pulled out the, well, I'm still technically a Packer, so we'll see. But um, look, honestly, as far as like real fine details, I don't know that we got a ton, especially when you factor in. I know Ian Rappaport kind of mentioned this as well. It's a lot of this is some of it is just straight up fact. Some of it is sort of from his perspective. This is how he sees it. And it's kind of hard to parse through what's what, especially when you've got some very, again, specific language that uh, if you really think about it could mean some certain things um maybe sounds like something that uh 
I don't want my monitor to fall off here. Come on, back up, son. Back up. There we go. It was a little stuck there. We got it. We got her. All right. Just making sure. You never know. Um, I think we got all the answers we need for now. I'm still very, because there's so much stuff that's just hanging out there. You know, I'd love to hear from Gutekunst, because I'm sure there would be a barrage. You get the the media, especially the New York media with those guys out there. They would love to just have this thing open up, and that, that time will come. Um, but just to kind of clear up some things, you know, like is, are they going to more or less corroborate it? Is it going to be the exact opposite of what Roger said? I mean, I know they're not going to talk about the the demand list or whatever, as it's being called. They would never come out and say, oh, no, he gave us a list. That's not going to happen. But maybe more specifically on the Packers side, just to kind of get, you know, again, the, the biggest thing is the timeline. That's just blowing my mind um, as far as how up until and potentially straight through. I, I don't know <laughs> to this day if anybody's ever said, Mark, uh, you know, uh, Brian Gutekunst has been made aware by Aaron Rodgers of his decision. But yet, according to Rogers, again, this has been done since uh, since Friday, and they're working through the details, which sounds like it's where we are. I I don't know, man. Again, I would just love to get some more input so we can kind of try to piece this puzzle together. Not that we need to know. It's just interesting. I find it fun. But I think we've got somewhat of a picture, so we can move off of that, kind of get into some of the other things. And, and by other things, I mean just kind of the same things. But before we do that, we should probably take a break. First of all, patreon.com forward slash pack underscore daddy. If you'd like to support the podcast, you can do so for as little as a dollar a month. Also, please consider checking out Fertile Ground Ranch Discipleship Ministry. That is the charity du jour. And by du jour, I mean of the forever. So if you're interested in finding out more about what they do, head over to fertilegroundranch.org. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing. But they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? 
That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. So there's, there's again, there's a lot to get through. Um, and I'm not even entirely sure where to begin. So let's just start picking some stuff here. Um, I want to start kind of getting off the Packers thing for just a minute and talk about uh, the draft and specifically about Jalen Carter. So things, the, the the draft has been continuing, right? The Packers, it's not just like they've got work to do with Aaron Rodgers. They got to focus on the draft, as do the Jets, as does every other team. You got pro days going on. I haven't even been paying attention to that. I got to get super caught up on the draft. I'm way out of the loop. However, we've got some updates. I want to go through some updates. But the first thing I want to mention, as I said, is Jalen Carter. If you haven't really been up to speed on things, Jalen Carter was considered by some to be the best prospect in this entire draft class, potentially the best defensive piece in this draft class. In fact, one of the 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 biggest questions is, would the Bears end up with Jalen Carter or uh, the other guy whose name I can never remember, just like everybody else, pass rusher from Alabama? In other words, if they trade back to four, they, 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 there's a good chance they're going to end up landing Jalen Carter. That's So he's, he's a top five guy, basically a lock, right? And there were rumors, essentially, about his character concerns. And anytime you bring up character concerns, man, you get the character concern police coming along. How dare you question anybody's character? You, this, you're you a jerk. You're a piece of garbage, blah, blah, blah. He's never been anything but an upstanding human being and all that. Oh, my goodness. Anyways, reports surfaced that he was doing street racing. And as a result of that street race, somebody on the team actually died. Obviously, they knew about the kid dying. They didn't realize he was a part of the racing. I believe he had fled from that scene. So that was a major red flag, like that he had, he was there. He didn't tell anybody, et cetera, et cetera. He ended up having to turn himself into the police when the police found out the information. And um, so kind of a big deal. But again, the morality, the by morality police, I mean the morality, morality, the morality police police. How about that? Coming out, how dare you judge him, blah, blah, blah. Well, then it came out that he had other offenses, um, reckless driving, et cetera, et cetera. So now there's just general, like this guy doesn't super uh, think through things very well, right? Very immature borderline stupid, right? This is stupid stuff. So kind of, here's an article here that kind of gives a little bit of the timeline here. It says, concerns first began, this is from Pro Football Network, concerns first began to mount, albeit slowly, in mid-December when ESPN NFL analyst Todd McShay, who's like at the tippy top of this stuff, referenced under the radar character concerns surrounding Carter while on air. McShay said the following of Carter at the time. With Carter, there's some character issues. Does he get along with everybody? What's he like to deal with in the locker room? Those reports of issues, uh, those sorts of issues. I know it's early in the process, but I'm forewarning everyone out there. Character's going to be kind of a hot button name when uh, talking about some of the intangible aspects of it. Then it says the initial report was met with skepticism from many and criticism from some, which is what always happens whenever you talk about character concerns who saw McShay's words as vague and unsubstantiated. Many also pointed to contrasting evidence that put character uh, Carter's character in a better light. In other words, how dare you? He once did a charity drive. This one time I saw him hug an old lady, so he obviously never did anything wrong. As the season went on, however, more issues began to come to the forefront, most notably during the NFL Combine, an arrest warrant was issued for Carter on misdemeanor charges of racing and reckless driving. Carter abruptly left the Combine at the time 
uh, to return to Georgia, where he was briefly booked in jail before being let out on bail. To make the arrest warrant more concerning, it was in relation to a fatal crash that killed teammate Devin Willock uh, and Georgia recruiting staff Chandler LaCroix, hours after the Bulldogs' national championship parade. LaCroix's vehicle was traveling around 100 miles per hour at the time of the crash. While Carter is not directly implicated, the police department stated that Carter had been racing with the other vehicle. Then it goes on to say, um, at the very least, the saga involving Carter's connection to the fatal Georgia crash brings questions surrounding his judgment and maturity, and Carter's pro day only drew in more uncertainty. Carter weighed in at 323 pounds, nine pounds heavier than he weighed in at the combine. The combine was not that long ago. Dude put on 10 pounds and almost 20 pounds heavier than his playing weight. So the guy was 300 pounds, shows up around 315 to the combine, and now he's almost 325. The elevated weight could call into question Carter's preparation and body maintenance. Carter then uh, chose to forego testing to the surprise of many and did not look sharp during position drills. He was relatively sluggish and uncoordinated running around bags, just juxtaposing his drill tape uh, to that of his 2022 D-mate, Devontae Wyatt. The difference is stark. In other words, Wyatt is a freak, and this guy can't do anything. It goes on to say that... um, The iffy pro day combined with his rising weight and off-field whispers and the misdemeanor charges hovering over his head uh, leads forward a sort of domino effect for NFL evaluators. Lance Zerline said as much on Twitter during his pro day. He commented on Carter, quote, He's still the best player I've studied, but teams get really concerned when too many things start to add up. The question is always, what will this player do with more money, more access, and more time on his hands? They ask that of every player. Asking the question, will he fall, which is a no-brainer at this point. It says Carter will be arraigned on the charges in April, and that situation will develop at its own pace. It's unlikely that the charges will impact Carter's on-field availability, but it will factor into each team's evaluation of his character. I don't know if it was in that article and I missed it or if there's another article in this mess of notes somewhere, but um, I, I, I had read that during his pro day, they actually saw him on his knees huffing and puffing trying to catch his breath going through these drills. Maybe I read that. I don't know. So it's a bad situation. And I think at one point when all these charges came out, the thought was he's going to end up sliding right back to the Bears. So they were going to get him at four. Now they're going to end up getting him at nine. Now with the pro day, the question is, is he going to slide past nine? And there's a question of, could he slide past 15 where the Packers are? And and I think a lot of people are kind of wondering, would the Packers take a swing on him if he gets to 15? But I have to assume, as much as it might be great to have a guy of his caliber... If he's going to make it to 15, he's going to make it through 15. I cannot imagine the Packers are the team that are going to be like, all right, we're taking them. As character reverse as they are. Could be wrong, but it just seems hard to believe. Oh, here we go. I found the other article I was looking for. Same website, different writer, this time from Tony Pauline. This is general pro day news and updates, but it includes some Jalen Carter stuff. So he kind of repeats some of the information, but I'll just start from the beginning. Carter tipped the scales at 323 pounds, 9 pounds heavier than his NFL scouting combine weight. Carter did not work out, but participated in position drills and looked awful. Carter was huffing and puffing throughout the workout and looked out of shape. I'm told he was on his knees at the end of the workout, not praying, but rather gasping for air. The defensive tackle needy Detroit Lions, who hold the sixth pick of the draft, were flabbergasted by what they saw. That's incredible. Can you imagine the Detroit Lions and probably every other team in attendance? I'm sure the Packers and everybody else were there at Georgia's Pro Day watching Jalen Carter just with their jaws on the floor like, what is going on? Just, be, you know, expecting to be blown away by one of the best defensive 
tackle prospects you've seen in some time, and the guy can't breathe. And he's up like 30 pounds since his Georgia days, which was, you know, not very long ago. And in reality, what is that? It just means he probably hasn't been working out at all. Uh, It does go on to talk about Nolan Smith. Nolan Smith, the edge rusher. Some people have been talking about him as a Packer. Uh, it's, It's certainly not out of the realm of possibility. I would say it's somewhat unlikely in my opinion, but smaller, very, very fast. I mean, unbelievably fast uh, edge rusher. But they're talking about he was kind of held out of quite a few drills because he's got a, uh, he missed significant playing time last season with a torn pectoral muscle. So you can keep that uh, in the back of your mind. But here was probably the biggest takeaway from this entire sort of uh, pro day breakdown. And that was this. Robert Beal was another prospect who was coming off a terrific combine workout timing 448 seconds in the 40 yard dash. Today, he ran the short shuttle in 442 seconds, the three cone in 72, and touched 31 and a half inches on his vertical jump. His vertical was an improvement from Indianapolis. Beal, who is getting a lot of interest from the Green Bay Packers and New England Patriots, was run through defensive line drills. He's weighing at 247 pounds at the combine. So everybody's been looking at um, Jalen Carter, Georgia pass rusher, smaller speedy edge rusher, but then you've also got this other guy, Robert Beal. He's sort of the unheralded Georgia pass rusher that people aren't talking about, and he's similar. Maybe not quite as good, but smaller, speedier guy, but not quite as small. At 250 pounds, he would be on the small side for a Packers pass rusher, but is certainly not like, you know, ridiculously tiny like Nolan Smith. But here's sort of the skinny on uh, Robert Beal, since he's apparently a bit of a target. Defensive end, outside linebacker for the Georgia Bulldogs, highly regarded and recruited high school prospect, former five-star recruit, top 10 ranked defensive end. Um, Strengths, weaknesses, you got good size and length for the position, quick first step, can get upfield in a hurry, has the ability to convert speed to power, can bull rush the offensive lineman, has the ability to set an edge and hold his ground against the run, has experience playing both defensive end and outside linebacker, high motor, plays with good effort, Good hand usage and can disengage from blockers. Weaknesses can be inconsistent with his pad level and technique. Struggle to finish plays and needs to improve his tackling. Uh, Can be slow to diagnose plays and can get caught out of position. Can be too reliant on his athleticism and needs to develop more uh, pass rush moves. Summary, Robert Beal Jr., versatile defensive end, outside linebacker prospect, good size and length of the position. Uh, We already read some of that stuff. We don't need to re-repeat everything. But as far as some comps, Jordan Willis, Carl Lawson, Anthony Nelson. So if you're looking for somebody to uh, watch some tape on, I think that's probably your guy. See what else we got that's not Packers news. Harrison Smith is back with the Minnesota Vikings. It was looking like he might be out the door. Um, He obviously is, is getting very, very up in age. I think this is the Vikings kind of trying to pump the brakes a little bit on this complete teardown and rebuild. Um, so that they're not completely terrible. And you saw, again, they went out and signed at the edge rusher and everything. So um, they're, they're kind of straddling that line between rebuild and, uh, and staying competitive, with this, which is interesting. And I, and I don't necessarily, I don't want to sit here and trash him and say pick a lane because um, Harrison, I think, was a two-year deal, and I'm not entirely sure. They might probably be able to walk away after a year. I know the uh, pass rusher from the Saints was a one-year deal. So you're, you're still getting out of a lot of, things because you can't you can't backfill as quickly as you can get rid of everybody that needs to go right it doesn't make any sense to well kind of do what the bears did and just get rid of like 15 16 20 30 players and then add like you know 
12. So I don't know. We'll, we'll see how it pans out. They're, they're dumping a bunch of players, but also kind of trying to stay somewhat competitive. We'll see what the final result is. Um, other non-Packers news. I know Baker went to the Bucks, um, So that obviously works in our favor. I think Minshew just went to the Colts. So, I mean, at this point, the whole leverage thing, let's just be honest. It is what it is. It's just, it's just going to get done. So, um, but yeah, the, the longer this goes on, the more it just goes in the Packers' favor. The Packers aren't losing any leverage as time goes on. Nothing is happening that's hurting the Packers. Everything that's happening is hurting the Jets. Every quarterback that gets signed hurts the Jets. The Jets are also losing players. They're also losing time to be able to add to their team. And the Packers are too, but at the same time, the Packers are kind of going into this saying, we know what our team is. The Jets don't. I mean, as far as they know, half of their, well, not half, but some of their roster construction is based on Aaron Rodgers. So every quarterback they get signed just makes me smile a little, little more. Uh, last couple of little notes, I guess, here. Uh, Yash Nyman did get that second round tender as we were sort of anticipating. The question would be, would a team be willing to offer anything? I would guess kind of no. The way that essentially works is that somebody can offer him a contract to come play for him. If he accepts that, the uh, Packers would have the opportunity to match that. So if somebody says, we'll take Yash Nyman for $7 million, which is not an unfair price if you really like him as a right tackle. But the problem is if the Packers say, no, we're not going to pay him $7 million, the team would have to give us a second round pick as compensation. And that's where it gets a little bit dicey. But who knows? Apparently, somebody's going to give us a bunch of picks and maybe some players or something for Aaron Rodgers, and uh, I don't understand that at all. So who knows what's going to happen in life? Uh, the Packers also restructured Devondre Campbell to free up a little bit of extra money. We're kind of getting down to the nitty-gritty in terms of n- not really having any more options to uh, free up a lot of money. This freed up about uh, it was $2.628 million, and that's pretty much the maximum we're going to be able to do from this point moving forward. Just not a lot of wiggle room anymore. But that was done. And every time this happens, either for the Packers and the Jets, it's like, oh, hold on, boys, here it comes. And then, you know, nothing happens. wonder why, though. Like, two million bucks. What, what, did, what did you need that for? Did we just need two million dollars? Or are we just kind of like, dude, how can we get the most amount of money possible? Is that what we're doing? Just trying to restructure everybody to the max as much as we can every single year or what? Just want like, was there a purpose for the two million or what? I don't understand. Um, and then finally, on the small news front, uh, Tyler Davis, tight end for the Green Bay Packers, is going to return via Bill Huber of Sports Illustrated. However, Packers are not expected to bring back linebacker Chris Barnes. Um, probably has something to do with the fact that we have two linebackers and don't really want to invest a ton more money into that position. Not that it would be a lot of money, but just no really, no, no really, really no longer wanting his services or needing his services, I guess you would say. Um, just trying to figure out, I mean, a lot of this stuff is things that I really want to grab onto and run with a little bit. Uh, there, there was a comment here from former Jets head coach Eric Mangini. He had done a video with 33rd team, and the quote that he had regarding the Jets is, there's not a lot of alternative for the Jets, they're stuck. So again, just reinforcing what I think we've all kind of come to understand here, aside from New York Jets media pushing a narrative and some people in the media that want to continue to push it that the Jets have all the leverage. Uh, it's, I feel like it's pretty well established. Anyways, I think I'm just going to leave it at that. I'd like to run this out a little bit longer, but uh, I don't really want to get into a full long thing. So we'll save those for tomorrow. You guys have a good rest of your day. I'll talk to you tonight, tomorrow, all that stuff. Have a good one. Bye-bye.